Welcome to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast, a program highlighting key voices in the intersection of media, politics, and public policy. On this special episode of the podcast, we interview Bill Buesenberg, a spring 2015 Jones Shorenstein Fellow, about his newly published discussion paper, Anatomy of a Global Investigation, Collaborative, Data-Driven, Without Borders. Bill Buesenberg is the former executive director of the Center for Public Integrity, a Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative news organization based in Washington, D.C. Previously, he was vice president for news at National Public Radio, as well as NPR foreign affairs correspondent and London bureau chief. He is co-editor of the memoir, Salant, CBS, and the Battle for the Soul of Broadcast Journalism. During his time at the Shorenstein Center in the spring of 2015, Buesenberg researched international journalistic collaboration in the digital age. In this podcast, he introduces the themes of his paper, including lessons for news outlets hoping to replicate a cross-border, collaborative model. The project I've been working on uh, this term is about the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. It's a big collaboration of 190 journalists now in 65 countries around the world, and it's one people don't really know about. So my research has been to show over the last three or four years what ICIJ, the International Consortium, has done on financial transparency, their work on tax havens, their work on HSBC Bank, their work on taxes that uh, companies are getting really good deals of less than 1% on their taxes by going through Luxembourg, All of those have come out of ICIJ and this collaboration, which, as I report, is the largest journalistic collaboration in the world that I can find. I got interested in this, obviously, because I was head of the Center for Public Integrity, and ICIJ is a project of the Center for Public Integrity. But they're sort of a quasi-separate operation, and they ran their own operation, and I watched them do this year by year by year grow until they... The last collaboration on HSBC Bank, which is the second largest bank in the world, they had something like 170 journalists working on a project with this same, sharing this same data that was published simultaneously in 56 countries. And the more I, I, I marvel at that, and then I found that people didn't know this story. They didn't understand it. They have seen stories about the bank They've seen stories about some of the other work that ICIJ has done, but no one understood behind the scenes how do you mount a collaboration with 170 journalists around the world? How is that done? How can they work for eight months, you know, quietly on their own, and how did they do that? So I really dug into how this was developed and and how they accomplished this and what some of their impact has been and also... Uh, What are some of the lessons learned by such a large collaboration? Bill shared some of the key lessons learned regarding the organization of a collaborative model. It may be counterintuitive, but it, you know, meetings are really important, face-to-face meetings in a virtual collaboration that it's going on all over the world. And so ICIJ has had a number of key meetings. I think the first one was held here at Harvard in 1998. And then uh, there have been others since for the HSBC project They had a meeting in Paris at the Le Monde headquarters where about 40 ICIJ members came together, which was very important for them to to figure out what they were doing and how they were doing it and feel confident and have trust in the other members of the collaboration. So 
face-to-face -face meetings are important, and that's one of the lessons I, I drew from this. Uh, some of the other lessons learned are it takes a real editorial core or hub to make the decisions about these projects. You can't do it with sort of, uh, you know, multiple hubs and multiple centers. It has to be run from one center. But this is, again, counterintuitively, I think they each have to be free to do their own work and be responsible for their own work based on the shared data and documents that are provided by ICIJ. So there's, you know, there isn't tight central control of everything, although everyone has to agree on a date when they're going to be published. There are other lessons as well. I think it's just, uh, uh, it was, you know, I think the reporters, when I talked to them and I went around and talked to almost well over a dozen different ICIJ members around the world, and they said it was unusual to learn how to share confidences with lots of other reporters. Reporters, especially investigative journalists, are, are lone wolves. They operate on their own. But as one of the German reporters said, you know, I'm part of a wolf pack now, and we are able to share the information. And I got this interview, and he got that video, and we shared it. And pretty soon you see with a network that big, I calculated you, you could have something like 29,000 communication points if they all communicated with each other, which doesn't quite happen. But you can see the power of a network when you're sharing ideas, sharing resources, and working with the same data. So that, those are some of the lessons that I, I drew from this. Bill mentioned that he was surprised at the scale of the impact of this type of journalism and its capacity for genuine change. I had been aware before about you know, how this work was done and what some of the impact has been. But when I dug into it and started seeing how, uh, you know, the effects of this in country after country, something like 52 countries have now changed their laws based on this kind of investigative work. Just yesterday, the EU, the European Union, had a hearing in which ICIJ reporters were there and they brought them in and they praised them for their work and the EU, uh, this is the parliament of the EU, basically saying, you know, good job, guys. We really appreciate this. This is important. This will help us change the laws. This was especially about Luxembourg leaks, which, if I could just step back a minute, Luxembourg was a country, is a country that basically gave very favorable tax treatment to 500 different global corporations. So they would run their businesses through Luxembourg and pay less than 1% in taxes, which is calculated that they saved billions and billions of dollars based on this. And, and uh, it's something now the EU is changing the laws about because they, they find that very unfair. Anyway, I, I think I was surprised by the impact and I was surprised by... Uh, how it's still unfolding, and it's still going on, and laws are still being changed, investigations are still being held uh, in, in various countries. Money is being given back to countries like Nigeria. Their dictator stole millions of dollars, and now that's coming back from Switzerland because that was in the data. Uh, this this impact, I think, is, is very wide-ranging wide and uh, is the real result of what a really good investigation based on data and documents can be. As Bill's research showed, the use of data in collaborative journalism is particularly important. The way that we have normally worked, or ICIJ has worked in this last period, is by getting large, massive data sets. The first one they did, Offshore Leaks, was actually 160 times bigger than that first WikiLeaks project. It was really a, a great deal of 
of data about tax havens. They had in that data more than 120,000 names of people who had secret accounts, and they made all of that data public. But what it took was eight months, nine months of work to unravel it, to sort of reverse engineer this big data so people could see uh, see the names and see the connections and then make it public. Uh, these are very powerful reporting because data you know, gives it credence. People may not like it, they may argue about it, but when the names are in the data and the data's come right from the tax havens themselves and they can quote them, it uh, makes it very powerful. So all of this work is essentially based on secret data that's been leaked. The last big project on HSBC Bank, which is called the Swiss Leaks, uh, that's a big private bank in Switzerland, that was based on a huge amount of leaked data that came through the French government. And with Lamont's help, it came to ICIJ, and ICIJ parceled it out. It involved, you know, something like $100 billion in accounts uh, from HSBC Bank. All of that then, uh, ICIJ was able to, to parcel out to each of the reporters around the world so they could do their own investigation around the names. But I'm a, I'm a big believer in these big, massive data sets and, uh, and how powerful they can be. I'll tell you one story about uh, a man named David Lee, who is the investigations editor at The Guardian. He basically, he worked on the ICIJ projects, and he told me, look, I've been involved in three of the biggest data projects in the world, because he was involved in the first WikiLeaks for The Guardian. He was involved in the NSA Edward Snowden release, and he's been involved in these offshore leaks with ICIJ and his his attitude is this is the new way journalism should work. This is how we should, in fact, be doing our reporting. And now that uh, information can be collected digitally, it can be leaked digitally, and then reporters have to be able to work with it, these massive data sets, and make sense of it, and then make that public all over the world, which is just one of the, I think, the great things about a big collaboration like this. It's necessary. Bill concluded that this type of journalistic model will become increasingly common in a globalized age. I think where I, I come down at the end of the paper in general is that, you know, the world is organized globally now in so many ways. Businesses are global, obviously. Environmental consequences are global. Uh, goods and services come to us from all over the world. But journalism has not been organized globally. It's so much more a nation-state activity Yes, there are some wire services and there is a BBC and other things, but they're still largely nation-state based. What ICIJ has done, I feel like, is break the mold and move into global reporting, where you are reporting with, in this case, the last case, 170 journalists in these 56 countries all at once from all of these angles at the same time. And I think it allows journalism to be organized on the scale that it needs to be the way the world is. And that really was, uh, to me, a very important conclusion to draw and to show uh, and why I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy about the, the way this paper came together to tell that story. You can read Bill Busenberg's full paper, Anatomy of a Global Investigation, Collaborative, Data-Driven, Without Borders, by visiting shorensteincenter.org and clicking on Research. Thank you for listening to the Shorenstein Center Media and Politics Podcast.
Music provided by ExtremeMusic.com.